Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going. As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests. Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our faces on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. We recorded this episode with our good friend, Julia Gartha. We both met Julia in college and remained friends through the years, reconnecting back in Los Angeles. We recorded this a few days after Julia moved back to LA from Toronto. She just released a song a month ago with Lulo called Terminal. With a focus on storytelling and her incredible voice, Julia has made some of our favorite songs and has collaborated with some of our favorite people. And with each new song, she proves that she's ready to step out from the background. So, without further ado, I'm Julia Gartha, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, yes, you're allowed. You're allowed to. Uh, to welcome. To, welcome to the to the talking part. <laughs> to the talking part. Hello. Hello. Hello now. <laughs> well, since I was like, should I talk now? How, how are you? I'm good. I think we've talked about doing this episode for like a minute. Yes. Um, but then there was that little like pandemic thing. and Yeah, just, yeah, just I just I blacked out. I don't remember much of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm somehow three years older and uh, <laughs> and, and my, my bones ache. <laughs> I aged 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Benjamin Button. You, you yeah. can't you can't see it now, but I am I am roughly around the age I should be, and you are exactly twenty five years older than me. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, I love that. What have you been up to though? What's what's been new? Well, I just moved back. Welcome to LA. back from so from Toronto. From Toronto, okay. Because the little... home of Serena P of Bachelor. Fame. Yes, yes, her hometown, <laughs> Toronto, where they shoot all the movies. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, they do yeah. because yeah. it looks. Like, like every city, it looks, right? It, lo- it looks like New York if you place things strategically. Right. So. But it's like cheaper than shooting in New York, Much right? cheaper because of the dollar. Yeah. 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 Lots of background work. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moved to LA from Toronto, I think like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So. Well, oh, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome, yeah. Welcome. Getting back How long were you in Toronto? Right. March 2020. Oh, okay, Right. When March the pandemic. 20th, 2020. Holy shit. Wow. The Canadian government was saying we encourage all Canadians to come home for a bit because the borders are closing. And I got really freaked out. And I was like, maybe I should just go home for a bit. And I'll be back soon. Yeah. No, literally, I was like, I'll be back. I'll play some board games with my family. Yeah. And, you know, 
everything's closing down anyway, so why not go home? And then I just never came back. <laughs> welcome, welcome so back. So now I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, that's wild. But that's, I mean, that's so indicative of all of our experiences. You remember when, like, you know, the first news was like, this could last, like, four weeks. And we're like, that's a long time. Right. Like, what, you're telling me I can't leave the house for, like, oh, four weeks? Yeah, what am I going to do? Yeah. And then <laughs> when the report came out saying things won't get back to normal till 2022, I remember everyone was like, <gasps> no way. No way. I was like, no yeah, way. Yeah, was like, this, this, this is ridiculous. Crazy. It was actually on the podcast with Reggie where he was just like, there are people who are saying this could be two years. That was the first time anyone had, I had heard that. I'd heard anyone say that. And I was, like, sitting here on the podcast, like, Trying to hold back the existential um, crisis. Chaz Cardigan on the podcast was like, yeah, and like when shows come back, that's going to be fucking weird. Like shows aren't going to be back until like late 2021. We're like, wait, no, that can't be right. And then we just played our first show (laughs) late 2021. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm like, what is it? September. It's October pretty much. It's almost October. Yeah. 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 We really, we really, yeah, we're really, doing this. we're really here. That's funny about Toronto, though. Uh, my, my, my hometown. Uh, I'm from like, like the river towns in Westchester. Mm. Uh, so like they would wind up shooting a lot of like nondescript, like um, it would it would be like the best place to shoot if you were looking for like the suburbs outside of the city. Yeah, because uh, it was the suburbs outside of the city. <laughs> it was like yeah. like cute little town yeah so it was like uh, they shot the leftovers in my town by name too they were like oh you're from Dobbs Ferry like in the show Dobbs Ferry yeah that's, that was the name of my okay what drives me crazy uh, about Dobbs Ferry was that it's called Dobbs Ferry because there was a guy named Dobbs and he had a ferry but Incredible. there's no apostrophe in the name I love mm. how just literal that is yeah yeah, he literally would just like ferry back and forth like across the Hudson River, and they're like, "Yeah, his name's Dobbs Ferry." Yeah, would Done. it would it would it be Dobbs Ferry like with the apostrophe after after the B, or would it be Dobbs S apostrophe Ferry? Okay, hold on, we are actually looking this up very quickly. <laughs> it's like the cutest town name. Ferry, though. and it, the, the way you said it, it sound, it does sound British. I never thought of it that way. Dobbs Ferry. <laughs> yes, I'm from Dobbs Ferry. Yeah. I mean that's. What <laughs> That's it's a quaint little okay, town. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, it's a village in Westchester County. Population of 10,875. So I'm one of them. That's cutesy. Or I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's a very small town. Yeah. According to the 2010 census. So I'm in that. That's almost the population of Miracle in Leftover Season 2. Yeah. There we go. Let's see. Oh, in 2019, its population rose to an estimated 11,000 because I left. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was named after Jeremiah Dobbs, a descendant of William Dobbs, a Swedish of Swedish and Dutch ancestry. Okay. Whose family ran a, a ferry service. But but his name was Dobbs. With an S. With an S. Okay. Okay. So it would be Dobbs's ferry. If we if we were being if we were be, if we were being possessive about it. Okay. Dobbs, Dobbs ferry played a vital role in the American Revolution. Oh, sure. The position of the village opposite the northernmost end of the Palisades gave it importance during the war. The region was repeatedly raided by camp followers of each army. The British Army made Dobbs Ferry a rendezvous after the Battle of White Plains mm. in November 1776, and the Continental Division under General Benjamin Lincoln. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Benjamin Lincoln, <laughs> the famous Lincoln. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, George Washington and Rochambeau camped in Dobbs Ferry. That's... I'm like anxious. I feel like oh, it was God. probably just a field back then, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're from? I'm from there. 
Don't, yeah, you're from yeah, this place. I'm from there. Yeah, yeah. It'd be really awkward if you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> just random, like, don't I just no, pick what? a random a random uh, town in the middle of, uh, of America just uh, and we get the history facts on it? That's its own yeah. podcast. Toronto. Well, you guys have a, a, a rich history of um, canoes carrying, right? Sure. <laughs> we should have. No, I. Okay. I, portaging, portaging. Portaging. Yeah. Portaging. yeah. No, I, yeah. I, went, I went on a nine day portaging trip. Did in, you. In ninth so grade. you carried a canoe in ninth grade? Absolutely. We went to Algonquin Park. Whoa. And you would like, you have a backpack full of your stuff and you set out. And then you go, you go um, through Eight. the. You go out and about. <laughs> you go through the the lakes, and then you pick an island. You stay on it, pack up, and then you have to like walk through different islands to get to other lakes. And you, yeah, you have to carry it on your shoulder. Oh my god, that sounds so, really cool. Actually, is it like, I was, was it ripped? Was it a I heavy was, canoe? Canoes aren't heavy. I mean, I guess they're kind of like hollowed out. Some some are lighter than others. Yeah. Like it, some are especially now. Like some are made like from this special plastic, and they're really light. But back mm. then, like so I, I mean, I, they're I, meant to be carried. I used like, to do like regattas like at camp, and that was like a metal canoe, and that was like a bit on the heavier oh, no, side. No, 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 no. We no. Here, Julia, here's this metal. No, we, did, we had, they were like wooden to some, I don't know. But okay, so so you portaged. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I camped in Vancouver, like in Squamish, and, oh, nice. uh, and I was hiking with somebody, and, and I was just like, they're like, yeah, American history is so like dense. <laughs> was the way they put it. They're like, you guys had a lot of like things happen, and you we guys had... had a lot of shit. <laughs> and we also love writing about it. Yeah, like, that's the other thing. Like Americans love their own history so much. Oh man, we're obsessed with it. We're obsessed with it. Can I tell you about William Dobbs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeremiah, Jeremiah Dobbs. Do you know about this guy <laughs> named Jeremiah Dobbs? Benjamin Lincoln. Uh, Benjamin Lincoln. <laughs> But yeah, that's they, they were saying like the, the 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 history of Canada is 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 the portage and only the portage. I didn't even know like that. I just thought that was that's how if you want to travel with a canoe, yeah, you gotta you just gotta carry it. You gotta carry that it. Are you still sense. are you still a good canoeer? Yeah, I'm I'm an excellent canoeer. <laughs> no, I really am. Like I'm I'm I know what I'm doing. That's all. I mean, for sure. Cool. I can't like carry it as well because I have I don't work out. <laughs> Do you live near near water? Like, do you are you in like in the city of Toronto, or did you like grow up at like? Outside? So I I say to people that aren't from Toronto, I'm from Toronto, but I'm actually from a town called Markham, which is like 40 minutes north of Toronto. Gotcha. So I'm a liar. No, right. <laughs> and it's it's like a suburb. There's no no lakes. You have to like drive out somewhere. Drive do, north. Do you know the uh, the population according to a 2010 census? <laughs> um, I had a feeling you were gonna ask me that. Yeah, so you actually studied that <laughs> before I, have I came the by. Answer. I, don't, I don't even know what the population is now. I think it's tr- in the GTA, Greater Toronto. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. I think it's like five million. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong. I don't know. What was the sort of like uh, music impetus there? Like, what kind of made you get into it growing up? Mm, well, my dad made me get into music. His mom tried to get him to play piano when he was a kid. And every time that his piano teacher would try to come over to the house, he would like lock all the doors and pretend he wasn't home. Because <laughs> like my, my grandma, she worked late because she was a, a pediatrician. So, oh. she, so she she would never be home. So he never took piano and he regretted it. So when I was 10, he put me in piano lessons and then I, I begged him to quit and he wouldn't let me. And then since then, I, I started with piano and then I took voice lessons and then I did community theater in like my town. And then I just started liking it. Like my parents just put me in those programs just because I feel like they could see that. That you were creatively inclined and musically. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. for for a couple years, like ten to thirteen, I really don't know why anyone would think I was musical. I I wasn't good at piano. It took me a long time. Like I just the, it, it didn't click in my brain. Mm. Like literally until I got to Berkeley, like I couldn't read music. Well, I, no, but, but I still can't read. I mean, I still can't read. I, yeah. I just didn't get it. But I I was I started to get better at it because I had really good ears. Mm. So it's like yeah. I couldn't read shit, but I would I would listen to the song enough where I would figure it out in that way. Yeah. Well, and you that's know? that's I, I feel like that's kind of the progression of of piano playing. I I remember so my my grandmother is a phenomenal classical. Uh, pianist and she was my teacher growing up mm. and so she would teach me but I was not good because I had trouble reading notes and that did sort of a number on my self-esteem as a piano player like yeah. because but I would be able to sound things out really really well and at the end of the day like my fingers were sort of going to where they're supposed to be yeah but also I was like eight or nine or ten <clears throat> and I think that everything is just a bit clunky when you're a kid like when you're a kid your motor skills just are not particularly well developed and then you hit this thing when you're like 12 or 13 where nothing is hard anymore like I mean everything is hard still but like <laughs> but like just like the basics of like like I couldn't tie my shoes even though I knew everything about how to do it I just couldn't get yeah how to do it and then all of a sudden I'm like okay cool I can tie my shoes now yeah Sick. like I can do all these things that I didn't you know that I that I knew logically how to do but my my body wouldn't catch mm. up with it it was weird um, too because it's like I'd go do my piano lessons and I'd like come home just frustrated because I'd sit there being like I don't know why it's so hard for me to like put two and two together when I'm with my teacher and then when I get home like I'd be really good at like making things up mm -hmm. uh, like I'd be sitting there just making up little songs and I'm like why is that so easy for me but like I literally still can't play this piece that we've been learning for like three months I think, I think it's a different part of the brain ultimately. Totally. I think it's a completely different scale I think that totally. there's something I think a lot of us get into this because we have that very intuitive feeling if we just like to sort of paint with colors and like play stuff on the piano. But actually like learning music that someone else has written is a, is a more athletic skill. Totally. That's the reason we get put through these like rigorous, very specific. I mean, it's the difference. It's the difference between writing and acting. Like, yeah. There's a reason why like writers aren't necessarily good actors and vice versa. Yeah. Totally. But I do remember like my, my dad is a great like like he plays um, in bands as a keyboardist. And I think that for a while he didn't he sort of regretted cutting corners on his music education. So mm -hmm. he didn't like get in the way of like my grandmother teaching me classical. Mm -hmm. But then one time when I was like 12 or 13, he would be like, okay, we're going to sit down. I'm going to play some chords. Don't hit these notes, hit these notes. You know, like don't hit any of the black keys like we're playing in C major. Mm. And all of a sudden I was like doing solos and it was awesome. And, mm. and I felt like I could play the piano. And that was like a game, a game changer. Yeah. So yeah, we don't necessarily know how to read, read notes or like, like whatever, but there's not a single piece of music that we can't necessarily like learn. Figure just, out. Like, yeah. You know, from, from figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. Did you play like open mics and stuff when you were at a, when you were in, uh, not in Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> in Marco. Yeah, when you're, when There's you're in none the, of that. Outside there. of Toronto, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I still don't feel like I really fully immersed myself in the Toronto music scene. Mm -hmm. It took me a really long time to like call myself a singer or be like, yeah, I write songs. <laughs> like, it, right. I really just, looking back if I think about it like I tried to like skate by and try to slide into situations without really like 
declaring myself as something because I, I was afraid that if I said I was a singer or a songwriter and people didn't think I was good, they'd be like, that girl's delusional. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. if, if I think about it. So it's like in high school, I did community theater. I, I was in the choir and it'd always be a thing where people will be like, you got a really good voice. Like, why aren't you? <laughs> why are you? Why aren't you? out here more trying to get better roles or like why why aren't you the lead in this side? I don't know mm-hmm. why. And I was like, I don't I don't know. And then I think in high school I started to write a little bit. And then Was it always like folk influence? Because a lot of your stuff I mean your pop sensibility is amazing, but I what I really like I'm immediately connected to is that there is so much like patience and like folk sometimes even a little country like influence in, in your stuff. Was that where you first started writing or were you like us where it was like rock bands from the from the channel? I wish I was in a rock band so bad like when I was in high school. But no, I, I listened to a lot of Joni Mitchell. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. That, that, that tracks completely. Yeah, we're done. Say, say no more. <laughs> Joni Mitchell, out, Paul Simon. Right. Yeah. My mom is a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Mm, We've yeah. seen them in concert. So I think that world was introduced to me young as a kid and then I just always I think it was always like I knew how to sing I knew how to play piano well enough to to start to use it as a tool to write and then it was just like piano voice intimate storytelling Mm -hmm. that's what really like got me excited when I started to think about maybe wanting to make music for myself but yeah I don't know and then after high school I took I, I knew that I wanted to go to Berkeley but I didn't have the money slash I still wasn't ready I still was like, am I a musician? Do I want to like go into this? So then I took, I graduated in 2013 from high school and I took two years off to like work and like really start to think about, okay, what type of music would I want to do? Do the open mic thing. So then I, that's, I went to Berkeley in 2015. So I took those two years to kind of like figure some shit out. But but you graduated high school in 2013. Yes. Okay. And then I started Berkeley in 2015. Because uh, we started in, in 2014. 2014. So we yeah. were, yeah. yeah, I think we were like a year before you or semester, yeah. a couple semesters, whatever. But that's really cool. Like that's, I feel like I didn't really know Berkeley existed. Mm. Um, Like like every, one of the things that was so striking to me when I, when I got there was like, everybody was like, I did five week. I wanted to be here. Like, mm. I, you know, for me is like, I wanted to go to film school. And I got rejected from film school and down the street was a music school. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can like apply for Emerson. And then while I'm at it, like play piano for these guys. who are you guys (laughs) um and it wound up being like the best decision you know ever but yeah so i just i'm I'm always very impressed by like people who like put in that that work and when i i mean when i got to to berkeley it like it it occurred to me okay you got to find what you're good at and like really hone that in like i knew i wasn't going to be like a session piano player yeah i knew that like really at that time the only thing i had going for me was talking to people and just like getting things sort of moving and together. So that's like how like Miet and I wound up like doing the tour and wound up like collaborating on stuff and yeah. uh, how we wound up meeting and and, yeah. and eventually kind of realizing like that pop music was the thing. But none of it was like, oh, yes, I'm a great musician. Let's let's go to Berkeley and become a better yeah. piano player. Like it, I think I think the frustrating thing for me is that Berkeley did make me want to get better almost to the point where it's like by the end of Berkeley, I was like, can I just go back and do it again? Because now I feel like I could do it right. I, but now I feel like I know enough. You, like that that right there 
is every, yeah like, exactly. like Berkeley by the end of four years I was like okay now I feel like I, now now I feel like I actually know how to get the most out of this place and now now I'm done and well, now I, I just have I, to go out I, I wish world. I knew harmony I when I was 13 if I knew like all the stupid harmony things or like all the stupid production stuff that I learned at Berkeley at 13 then we'd be stupid stuff, stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah I also I had I had this thing where it's like at around 15 I decided I wanted to be a music producer I looked it up it seemed cool but I had I had no idea <laughs> I, like I saw this thing on Wikipedia that was that was essentially like because at first I was like, oh, like his music production is very technical. And then I read uh, this analogy that was like, it's actually less like being an engineer is like being a cameraman, being a producer is like being a director. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's really interesting that it's, it's a lot more creative, but I still didn't have the technical stuff down. And I've tried to learn it by myself in high school, but also kind of was like, I'm just going to learn that later because they'll teach it to me in college. And that's the one thing that I wish I could go back and slap myself a little bit and be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they probably they actually don't really teach it to you in college. Most of the stuff you learned that made you a good professional in this industry, you learned by yourself yeah. and you could have started two to three years earlier. <laughs> For what it's worth, that's a big reason why we started the podcast. It's a big reason why we'll do classes or be really transparent about how we make stuff because I see the more that we sort of mystify and like gatekeep information about like how the industry works and mm-hmm. how to produce and all that stuff or like say, oh, well, you can't produce if you're using GarageBand when you absolutely you can. can. Or like, yeah. you can't produce if you don't have this like $500 compressor plug-in or whatever. Yeah. Like the more that we, or, or or you can't be a good songwriter if you didn't go to Berkeley or whatever. Like the That's more that we do that, the more I that we make it, like the, the more we make so it much. rich fuckers who are the only ones who are able to, you know, like I'm just so tired of being like, oh yeah, and that producer like came from money. And it's like, of course they did because they were told that the only way you could become a producer and have the tools and the education was by affording it. And, right. and, and we're like, no, you could be broke as shit and a phenomenal producer. Yeah. You know, that's just where we're at. <laughs> yeah. You just like, I don't know, the older I get and the having gone through Berkeley and then trying to be a sponge and soak up as much information and you try to listen to people, you realize people that are giving out information or advice, it's like you, you need to take it with a grain of salt because it's like, just do what works for you. Yeah. And, 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 listen but also like don't listen to people who say like oh you can't produce on garage band or i don't know that's just stupid i just me. don't i don't like i'm not here for the doll wars like i'll give i'll, yeah. I'll like the joke I'll, I'll joke it i'll joke around with noah from time to time like uh because i i edit the podcast in pro tools or whatever mm-hmm. like i'll be like huh audio editing in <laughs> another doll like but i don't care like whatever does it does it like it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah um but the more that we put value on things that are like barrier for entries, like the more that we make a price for the barrier of entry, the more we lose people who might have been really, really talented and yeah. just didn't necessarily come from means, which is just yeah. like, you know. And I feel like nowadays it's like, it's beneficial to know how to to do as much as you can. Like like you, you, you should, if you want to get into music, it's like you should be able to write a little, produce a little, track your own shit, like, I don't know. Like, in, if you realize you have those gaps in yourself, like the labels, that's what tripped me up for a long time. Like, I, I, I was afraid to call myself a songwriter because I was like, well, if I really was a songwriter, like, well, I haven't written a song in like a month, so I'm not yeah. really a songwriter. <laughs> no, exactly. Because if I really was, you know, I'd be writing every day, but maybe I don't love it. Like, I, I didn't major in songwriting because I was like, I didn't either. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'm. I don't think I. You know, I don't. I don't know. And I majored in. CWP, which was good. Looking back, it mm. was good, but it's not really what I wanted to do. Well, and, and I think ultimately, like 
I, I disagreed so much with things in the songwriting department because there's with nothing. The there's nothing prescriptive. You can't yeah, prescribe pres- things. You, prescriptive nothing- songwriting is very difficult. Yeah. Songwriting is a very difficult thing to teach. Yeah. I, I like I fe- as as a education minded person, I feel for how it is kind of an impossible task to teach songwriting. Like. Because it is the kind of thing where you just have to be like, well, in, in creating a syllabus for songwriting, like you have to get prescriptive about it. And as soon as you lay down a rule set, well, this is a way you can write. I think I think when you put down something and saying like, this is the way to write that excludes other ways of writing, I think the best way to go about it is to present options and say, well, this is a way you can write instead of oh, this is a way you should write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the last year, I really have started looking at myself differently. Like I, I used to say, oh, I, 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 I'm not a producer. I, I, who, if you put me in front of, I wouldn't know what to do. And it's like, that's such, bu- I would know what to do. Yeah. Women, and you, women fucking figure it out. And I, I feel like <laughs> if I can speak for a lot of women that write songs and maybe can make shitty demos, but like, oh, I can only make a shitty, it's like, if you put the time in, yeah. if you are able to write a song and have a vision for it, it's like, you, you can start to hear shit. And I feel like the last year being stuck in my parents' basement (laughs) i created a whole setup and i really just i feel like have gotten better at just being able to execute what's in my head or into logic and it's like all it took was time and like you were saying before it's like no distractions no one around no one to fucking put their two cents in and i don't know i just feel like i wish it didn't take me as long to like Mm -hmm. have that confidence and i wish it the circumstance didn't have to be like global pandemic (laughs) You, you have to be in your basement and and to learn all this stuff. And I feel like, I don't know, so many more women, I feel like need that mentorship from male collaborators. And I don't want to say like people gatekeep that information, but I think guys in the industry need to realize it's like, you got, you got to be part of that, their foundation. I feel like you have to, you have to like, if you work with uh, a woman that you respect and, you know, it's like, hey, you should try this or encourage them or like push them to do stuff. It's like I can say like I work quite frequently with uh, Ariza mm-hmm. and full credit to him. Like he has been such an amazing mentor to me. Every time we do a session, I show him a song and I would always preface it with being like, <laughs> don't judge the demo. It's crap. And he's like, stop. Like, it's actually not. Like, I, I hear what you're trying to do. Next time, work on this. Oh, you should try this. And then every time we do a session, I can even see I get better and better and better. And it's just like, more guys need to be like that. You either like dominating it and you want to get key, or if you don't, it's like, all it takes is just like encouragement and just, because coming from someone where I literally was like, I could never. Oh, I'm not a producer. It's like, yeah, I can actually. <laughs> yeah. And I'm getting a l- better at it. Well, and, and what, I, what I love that you mentioned, uh, and I was literally going to say it, of of all people, uh, I think Juanariza does such a great job of empowering folks to, to realize that anybody can be a producer. Absolutely. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that like Abigail Barlow or Miet Hope or you like are all like close collaborators with him and have all gone to be great collaborators and great producers and have great ideas. Like we say on the show a lot that it's just what you were saying, that if you have a good idea of what your song is, that's what makes you a producer. If you can work in logic, great, but that's not 
that's not the bar. The I know, bar. I never thought the of bar it is until just, he pointed it out. I'm not. You know? I, I'm not. It was one of the things in our relationship mm. too, because I'm not particularly good or fast in logic when it comes to producing. But I know what the song needs always. Yeah. And and so we collaborate, and and I consider myself a producer in our collaboration. Mm. Um, but I don't necessarily touch the DAW. I'm thinking broad strokes, or you know, reference notes, or bringing in. Uh, instrumentalists and stuff like that and all of that is what makes you a producer hell in in film you, you're a producer if you fund the film right. so yeah, yeah. so like yeah, you being know a producer is just making the thing <laughs> yeah. happen however so if, you're, if, happen. if you're hiring a producer you're a producer <laughs> i used to think and i still have to catch myself when i start to put these limits but i used to think it's like okay i have to I can only call myself a songwriter. Okay, I can call myself a songwriter if I get my first cut. or I can call myself a producer once I reach this level or mm-hmm. I have these many fucking sounds or because my sounds suck. It's like, no, it, it's a it's a work in progress, I feel like, you know. And I'm not like great at it, but I'm getting better. And I think more people need to, I don't know. If you write songs and you're a songwriter, if you're a producer, then yeah. you What I love about the analogy you just said mm. was if a director doesn't go behind the camera, that doesn't make them any less of a director. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's like the big, the big piece is that we're, we're thinking, oh, okay, so the director needs to know how to use the camera, and if the director can't use the camera, they're not the director. Um, no, <laughs> just that's not how it works, you know. Like, uh, you know, if you're giving feedback on your song, if you're, you know, if you're putting together. Even if you have like a little voice memo, but like you're, you know, you you're like imagining the drums over it or whatever. You're a fucking producer. And I just think that like yeah. the more that we empower people to like, doesn't matter what your tools are, doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter Nothing's your gender, deep. nothing matters. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah. No it's, one cares except you. That's, that's the thing too. It's like no one cares. It's it matters if it's good. And honestly, the, what's, good, what's tricky, dope. what's tricky about like having all these barriers for entry is that if you take three or four years thinking you need to hit this barrier, you're wasting time being bad. Yeah. Because you need to be bad first. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I don't know who said it. I think it was. I might be really wrong, but I think Pink. She's like, dare to suck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. God forbid you suck. One day you go to a session and you're actual trash. Haha. Ha, it's funny. Move on. Whatever. Yeah. Because you have to suck to get, <laughs> and, well, and, it's, and it sucks because it's these two things that are unfortunately happening at the same time, but are actually completely unrelated. The first being that you like you are a, a producer when you are working on things. The other being that you need to suck first to get to like to hone your craft and get better. Mm. The problem is, is that when you start and you suck you think that you're not good enough to be a producer. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like those two things are unrelated. Like you have started your production journey. Yeah. And that is one thing. And you yeah. are starting your getting better at things journey. And that's another thing. And you can hone those two things in parallel. But one does not necessarily mean you can't like do the other. No, exactly. You know, but that's I mean, that's probably a big part of our uh, hesitations. Like I thought right. that I couldn't make. I mean, I, I quit music. I did film for a while because I'm like, well, I can't make good things and I don't have money. So and I can't pay for somebody to make it better. So I just didn't touch it as opposed to like if I sat down and tried to get better at the craft. That's re- the other thing. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, like uh, the thought of like, well, I don't have any money. So I guess I can't I can't put music out. It's like <laughs> I, I, that. all, and then I, people would be like, you should just do it yourself. And I'm like, hey, you're saying that because I can't. But it's like. I could have. And now I'm learning. Yeah, you can't. You just need to want to. Yeah. 
And that's that's a big one. If like, do you actually want to learn how to do this shit and suck and and spend six months like laying the groundwork or because yeah, you could just do it yourself. Well, and and ultimately, the thing that you can't get around is if you don't have advantages, by definition, it is harder. Absolutely. And I don't think that that means that it's not worth doing. Mm. But it's also like if you see somebody doing really really well. And they don't have to like worry about rent. That's not an insignificant barrier. You know, Mm -hmm. like like if you're you know, if you're working two part time jobs to cover your rent and you're wondering why your music doesn't like have the same marketing push or Mm -hmm. the same, uh, you know, like it's taking you a couple more months to finish the project. It's because somebody else doesn't need to work the two part time jobs and can save that money. Like save the, save the money that they're not spending on rent on their marketing budget. So yeah. it's like yeah. yeah, having advantages is just gonna be easier, but that doesn't mean it's not work worth doing. Yeah, I feel like with social media, like it's like you can see other people doing great things, yeah. and I think you have to remember it's like your situation is unique to yourself, yeah. and they have their own stuff going on, and like everyone has their own timeline. Yeah, you know, well, it's, and it's tough because a lot of the stuff you see on social media and also just in our pop culture is people who have kind of not their reached their final form but who have reached a com- like a complete form of artistry mm. like at least when you're looking at artists and i feel yeah. like when you're still developing as an artist you can't compare it's like that whole butterfly cocoon thing like you can't compare an ill like a not an ill but like a partially formed thing to a fully formed thing like it's like apples and oranges like it's like y- there's so much development that we never get to see in culture you just got to keep your head down and just do your thing honestly Shifting gears, I do have to ask you about a uh, a very important moment in television history. Oh um, what? Uh, you uh, you were in Shit's Creek for three seconds. <laughs> you were in Shit's Creek, and we need um, to. Uh, I think we need to. Yeah, to, to, I was. to talk to talk about. It. Yeah, it was- you know what? I I just stopped signing autographs. So okay, I'm yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, I just. I hope that's okay. We actually but, we got the last autograph and we're auctioning it. Uh, oh yeah, well yeah. you could you could sell that for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My my giant head. I don't know what like just the worst <laughs> shot ever. And, I, and my face says it all. It was like the the worst day on set too. Like no shade to the. It was like the last the like one of the last crew. episodes though, right? It was yeah, like, like they last were not season. nice. It was the worst day ever. It was a sixteen hour day oh, to shoot that stupid motel scene watching it back it was kind of funny but shooting it i'm just like what the fuck's going on and then it was like i show up i had to drive three hours uh outside of town and like this, they shot it in this place called hamilton they shot it in Shit's creek <laughs> literally it's like not a nice place and we show up to set and they're like yeah so we don't have like a holding area so and every uh extra that they hired came on the Every extra they hired needed to drive their own car there because they, oh, they wanted mm-hmm. extras with their own cars for like a, a driving shot or something. So they're like, yeah, we don't have chairs. We don't have a holding room. You guys can just sit in your cars and we'll call you when we're ready. And I'm like, okay, it's six in the morning. I can sit in my car and take a nap. And it's like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. It's fucking hot outside. I'm like, what? Like we, we don't have chairs. We're just We're just sitting in our cars waiting to be called to set. It was the worst. We were literally like we were watching it and then 
and it was it's literally just like blink if you miss it and i'm <laughs> and i did i just happened not to blink like I, we're watching it and i'm like hold on like pause <laughs> zoom enhance like and I text you, I'm like, were you in Shit's <laughs> For about a six month period, every DM I got was, I, I, I was, were you in Shit's Creek? Is this you? You literally shot back like an all caps. I wouldn't even have You're to like- open the DM. And I'm like, I know it's going to be about Shit's Creek. <laughs> right. I, think you, I, I think you did like text back, uh, like all caps, like, like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. There, there's been a couple moments like that. Like not not to be like, yeah, I've appeared in a couple, but that those two years that I took between high school and, and Berkeley, all I did was music and then I do extra work. That's mm-hmm. how I literally paid for Berkeley, low key. Because wow. I'm I'm in the union in uh, right. I think it's here it's called AFTRA. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, there yeah. it's called ACTRA. Gotcha, gotcha. And you make good money. So I did, yeah, I did Because if you're doing 16 hours, I mean something like that, that's like time plus overtime. Yeah, so you, you make get like a almost lot. double. And if you do couple you know days a week of doing that you make a lot of money yeah i i would i would do berkeley i do fall fall semester spring semester go home work the whole summer doing extra work and that's how i'd pay for college but yeah the uh, people have done uh, they message me being like are you in Shit's creek my big fat greek wedding too i'm in that i have three lines whoa you had a speaking part i had a speaking part wow wait what can you can you hit us with the lines? I forget. I I had to have a, a what is it? An accent? A Chicago uh, accent? A Chicago accent? Because it Chicago. was set Chicago, and I I was like the character, this guy named Clifford. He like asked me to prom, and I had to be like, yes, Clifford, I'll go to prom prom with you. <laughs> and, <laughs> I thought, and I had to do like a session with a, a dialect coach, being like, it's not prom, it's prom. Prom. You're like um. grocery store Joe. <laughs> Yeah, when he talks, I'm like, yeah. okay, you're from Chicago. I, uh, I'm surprised that the line wasn't like, yes, I'd love to go to your big fat Greek wedding too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. You I have got, the line. I got you to have... meet all the people. It was fun. Did you meet uh, Levy? Eugene, Eugene Levy? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was funny. Yeah. yeah. In between takes, like he was joking with us. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, today's shitty, but I I, I did get to talk with Eugene Levy. It was fun. Yeah, and fine. that character... Uh, Roland shit. Oh, yeah. He was there and he was funny. Like he, they were trying to make it a, a good time for us because they knew that we were like having a tough waiting one. all day. Yeah. Yeah. In our cars in the hot sun. But being being on set scares the shit out of me. I think one of the reasons I'm in like audio post production was because the one time I did like I, I, I helped out uh a little bit with a sound mixer for like an overnight shoot in New York. Yeah. Um and I was terrified. I was because like like an extra got kicked out for at like two in the morning for for looking at Rebel Wilson the wrong way, and no that that's a real thing. Yeah, like, so I I was you just catch like someone on the wrong day or or my biggest fear was like because a lot of people I never brought my phone to set they 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 keep the extras in a in like a holding area and then they're like okay everybody like we're on in two like leave all your phones here. We're going to set. And of course, most of the extras would be like, I'm not fucking leaving my phone here. We're going to be stuck on set for hours. I'm like, I want my phone, but I'd never bring it because I'm just like, if if your phone goes off, it's like all eyes on you. You ruin a shot. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're never working again. Yeah. And then everyone's like booing you. Like, so 
Um, yeah, it's scary. Well, and that's 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 the thing is like in post production, like I'm in my, my pajamas, like <laughs> I'm on my time. When you're on set, it's fucking like it's brutal. Like, especially if it's a like a closed set. Yeah, you know, you are what was once a safe place is now the reverse shot and is no longer a safe place. <laughs> and you need to run to the other side. I yeah. know. Continuity. Continuity. Make sure yeah. your hair's... I've gotten yelled at so many times because like, I play with my hair and, and then the hair and makeup people are like, your, your hair is parted the other way. You have to make sure. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm in the fuck... Like, you can't even see me, but yeah, the, everything is just... Have you done or have you thought about doing background acting out here? I've thought about it. The money is good, but I... When you show up to set, I just, I want to die. Like, it's, it's just, the money's good, but it, I just hate it so much. So, and I don't even know if I could, actually, on my visa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right, I'm let's... not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be doing that. <laughs> Government. No, but I actually won't. I actually won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I Put can. your hands up. <laughs> we got you surrounded. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Mm. <laughs> Pausing the podcast to shout out our sponsor New Wave. No, I've been drinking coffee my entire life. You know, as a as a Roman same. As a New Yorker, absolutely. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. We came out of the womb drinking coffee. Fully caffeinated. And the thing is, is that we're not getting any younger. That's true. And we're not getting any less anxious. Oh, man, that's true, too. I'll say I have loved coffee my whole life, but lately it hasn't really been agreeing with me. How so? Unfortunately, when I drink coffee now, I just start feeling very agitated, very anxious. I've been looking around for alternatives that don't make my heart beat out of my chest while I'm in the middle of working. And that's how we stumbled upon New Wave. New Wave's Flow State Coffee is an organic ground coffee meant to lower anxiety, improve brain function, and support creativity. With L-theanine and raw cacao, Flow State Coffee is meant to feel like a cup of hot chocolate or tea while giving the energy of coffee. And now, through Talking Lion, you can try a couple cups of your own. If you go to their website, newwave.co, that's N-O-O wave.co, you can use the code BREWINGLION for 10% off your first order. We hope you get a creative boost and find your flow state. Now, back to the show. Do you remember how we met like at Berkeley? Do you like? I, I was trying to think about it. I re- maybe remember what our first converse like i don't i it's one of those things about berkeley where you never remember meeting somebody you just now know them yeah for the rest yeah of your there's life. a very, there's a handful hand few handful of people where i'm like i remember when i met you because it was like we were either drunk or there was mm-hmm. a weird interaction but i don't remember when we met or how i just was like Oh yeah, I know you and you know me. I remember like my cousin telling me that she saw you at a wedding or something. Do you remember that? <laughs> 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 Am I Wait, tripping? No, I but that's I, not when we met. No, she think, just was like, oh, do you know Nate? And I was like, yeah, how do you know my name? Like, I don't know. She's my like one of my aunt's like best friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Small world. That's so or, weird. Yeah. My, I remember having a conversation with you in the calf. I think that that was like probably the first. Um, ah, the calf. The calf. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew of you. I think a lot of people were like when you when you first came to school, people talked about you because you were a, an amazing vocalist. People talked like, about you because you're a. Because <laughs> you're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I don't. 
I'm, I'm trying to remember the context, but I just... I remember you came up to me, because I don't know if you knew, or I don't know if you had ever heard my music before, and you were like, I heard your song with Nate and Nate Davio, and you were like, I want to tell you that. Oh, well, that... That would have been late. That I, I I think I was in LA when when the song with Nate came out. Yes, yes, but I, yes. But yes. I, it was like it was it had to have been like two in the morning in on the East Coast. Yeah, because I it was like eleven o'clock. I was driving home. The song came out and I it was on my playlist of to listen to, and I heard it and I like just start like it was so good i just started crying and i literally called you i've done this multiple times actually uh with your, with your songs i it, i do this in general but i, I have that. disproportionately done it with you where after the song is over i will literally just call you and be like this is stupid good like i love that I, so I, I did that with um nothing's more lonely uh i was i was actually driving around boston um i remember what you hit, yeah yeah i was like stuck in traffic that was like and, a year ago I think. yeah and i was just like hey this is very very good i love like that the spontaneous <laughs> like i just want to let you know like that that really like made my heart feel so good it made me feel good because at that time i was like in my parents basement put this song out like life's not moving <laughs> so it's like just the little things like you calling and being like this fucking hit me you know i was like oh, okay good you know well i think that like good you cried no, yeah. <laughs> no i mean that, that's why we make it i think i think that in a lot of ways like we you know it's such a cynical in industry and putting out music takes so much out of you and i think we're always so cautious with expressing uh, ourselves in like how we feel about other people's stuff because mm. on the one hand you don't necessarily want to come off as vulnerable because that's like weird you know quote unquote <laughs> uh but and, and and but also sometimes like everything kind of comes with an angle like so i yeah, yeah, i yeah. think that like i whenever i hear something that i really like and i've resolved that i want nothing out of the uh you know collaboration or out mm -hmm. of the whatever if i like something i'm calling and i'm saying i like it and and it's free yeah <laughs> it's free no it's agenda. free of charge yeah, <laughs> yeah. Charge. No charge. Yeah, no charge. For you, it's on the house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Tell me about Can't Change You. There's nothing I can do to make these gray skies blue or make this house feel like our home. There's nothing I can say to make this feel okay. Yeah, there's some things I can't change. I again, we were friends and at, at school, and like I, I had heard that you had a great voice, but but really the first time I heard your music was that song, and it blew my mind. Um, <laughs> partially because it's just beautiful and great, and I love uh, how your harmonies blend and all that, mm. but also partially because. At that point, I mean, maybe it was 2018 or 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2018. Um, Dang. You know, so many people were doing just like the straight down the middle pop stuff. It was so refreshing to hear like a good folk song, like a good folk song, mm -hmm. like the stuff that like we grew up listening to, you know? Totally. Um, so, yeah, tell me about writing that with with uh, with the other Nate. With the other Nate. Nate, Nate, David, David, Daviavi. <laughs> Davio. Daviavi. Nate. Yeah, so me... Our Nate and I, both from Toronto, and we, through mutual friends, I think people were just like, you guys should like get together and like start writing music. You both 
feel like would 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 vibe well. And so we we started hanging out and writing songs and and then we started this like little duo called Big Little Banter during Berkeley and we do like gigs around and 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 I don't know working with with Nate he's such a good storyteller. Like I feel like at the time m- my lyrical game was not great and I feel like I, I was like a better melody writer. He's 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 like total storyteller so I feel like yeah, we just sat down one day and just like it just poured out. I think we wrote it in Toronto. And then we re- we recorded it in Toronto at a studio called Union Sound. And in terms of it being like folky, I don't know. We just talked about production and we we were just like it just needs to feel really raw and intimate. And um it feels weird to think about it cuz that was like the first song I'd ever written, recorded, put out. And before that, it gave me such anxiety to think about like, oh, putting music out, <laughs> you know, haha. <laughs> oh, what sound am I going for? It's like, it doesn't really matter. It's like, it was a good song. And I don't know. Well, I, one of the things that I, th- I almost remember, like when I sent it to Noah, was just saying how how everything worked. Like just like the little piano line with with the, your, your voice is singing over it. <laughs> And just the way that your harmonies build, like in the chorus. I mean, just every little piece of that song just like worked so well and and did everything that it was supposed to. Like we we talk about songs a lot on the show about like about what the songs sort of ask for mm. and and what so much of our job is is in seeing the sort of disconnect between what we hear and what what could have been. Yeah. And I think that like if I sat with that song there was nothing my brain just like there was nothing that like everything was in its place like everything was doing what it was supposed to in the song and that that i just thought was really really impressive for like a first song that came out thank you You Um, i'm proud of it sometimes i'm just like like in terms of where i'm at now with my writing and putting music out i feel like i don't put as much pressure in terms of like Oh my god! Like, what? What is? I just feel like if I I want to put out a song, I put it out. And in terms of like the the folkiness, I've maybe s- moved away from that. But I don't know. Well, you still have your sensibility, though. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. there there are definitely take a song like Serendipity. What if we chase it? Like yeah. there, you know, there is obviously more like electronic elements in that, but there's still, still like intimate, and- intimate, and the harmonies. And yeah. um, well, I mean, you want to talk about that song? Like that sure. song, that song, uh, had you know, had I don't know little- what's going on with that song. <laughs> like it, we're almost at three million streams now, and, yeah, I, and yeah. we just it, hit it was two, two mil. Point, it was in two point nine. Like uh, I don't know. I this morning, me and Lou are both like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> How did you and Lou meet? Oh, uh, see, this is another one. I'm like, fuck, where did we meet? I think I saw him perform. He was in his first semester, and I saw him perform. Oh, so he's Berkeley. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh whoa! I sounded. Oh yeah. Oh sure, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, oh for sure. Oh, you betcha. Oh, you oh yeah. betcha. Don't you know? Yeah, he. he Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> he was at like an open mic in what was it called, David Friend or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember sitting there being like, "Dang, like this new kid, first semester. He just got here like ten days ago. He's like really fucking good." And then 
I don't know what, I don't know if I, he messaged me or I messaged him, but I was like, we should hang out and get food and I want to like know more about you and you seem fun. And then we hung out and then we we're like, we should write. And then we, we first session we did, we wrote Serendipity. Oh, wow. Yeah. Serendipitously. Serendipitously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I, I, Lou, if you're hearing this, didn't know you at Berkeley, unless we did, in which case, I'm sorry. <laughs> as, <laughs> I, as I previously stated, I don't remember anything. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you, you're, you guys are both. What's actually really lovely, uh, we were listening, like his tone and your tone are like so similar, but like on different sort of formant spectrums and pitch spectrums. Like it's really cool. We worked really hard on like blending yeah. together. I think he he just dropped his new album at the end of August. Missing. Missing him, uh, Michigan. Michigan, missing him, sorry. Yeah. And he featured me on on a track on that album too. Because he was just like, okay, I know this song. I didn't even write the song. Terminal, he, right? He, yeah, Terminal. Yeah, yeah. Him mm-hmm. and this uh, fabulous writer, Gabby Gotts. They wrote it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, okay, I really want uh, this to be like a female duet. And he's just like... But the voices just go together. So yeah, he had me on that, which was nice. But yeah. I I think what I appreciate uh, about your project is that it is so collaborative. Like you are finding these people who you can do multiple songs with or mm-hmm. who you have had projects with and stuff. Like Juan, of course, being Ariza, yeah, being another him. podcast alumni. Right. Juan yes. Ariza. <laughs> I want to know how you guys first came to collaborate. And I want to know about the process for Nothing's More More Lonely because that song's gorgeous. Go ahead and I had known about him and his production for a while. Like I remember even being at Berkeley, um, him and Christine Noel came out with a song. Mm. Half of me wants you, half of me. I think it's called Half of Me. I remember listening it to it and I was like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> I wanna I wanna work with him. And then when I was in LA, when was it? January 2020, a mutual friend um had introduced us and I went over to his house and showed him some demos and we met and we just like chilled and he was super sweet, showed him some demos. He liked it. And then he was like, we should do a session. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely. I would love to, you know, and then, yeah, we've just like, yeah, nothing's more lonely. We worked on that. We've we have a couple more actually coming out soon. Knock on wood, which I'm excited about. Heck yeah. We worked on this one called Hate You for Leaving, uh, which came out in... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got April. Hate You for Leaving is crazy. It's got the little vocal chop thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. That one I showed to him and I was like, I don't know what we want to do with this or what it is but i'm not sure and he was like we have to put this out and i i made like a really rough demo of it and he just like took it to a whole other level and i'm really proud of that one now i I like that your writing style especially in in those songs are very storytelling um Mm. like almost like you're you know you're writing from somebody's perspective like in that it wasn't necessarily like your experience but but as sort of putting yourself in the place of of an experience. Yeah, um, totally. What what kind of gets you in that? Like what 
inspires that kind of writing as opposed to, you know, writing about Toronto or, <laughs> or, or, or about canoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the normal subjects right. of yeah, my yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think this is going to sound really annoying, but I like I I've been I used to think that you had to when I was younger, I used to think you had to write from always from an like a honest place, meaning like if you weren't going through it, then it's like place of pain. Yeah. Like then it's not really authentic or not real. And and I've been pretty happy the last couple years. So it's like finding deep, dark places to write from for a while was like hard. And then I just thought, you know, about, okay, what if I, you know, I like to read. And so I think of putting myself in other people's shoes. And then that's how I wrote when I did my Berkeley video for this song, Comfortable Being Used. I like wrote it from the perspective of like a woman who wants to leave a relationship or abusive relationship. And then people were messaging me being like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, 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 it's not. This isn't from a me standpoint. I just like thought of what that would be like. I don't know. Well, I like we, doing we that. always say on the show, like the, the purpose for writing is so that people don't feel alone in their experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that those experiences need to be exclusive to the person who writes them. No. And a lot you of know, times like, it's like the initial pain or discomfort comes from me. Yeah. But then it's like, it sometimes it just turns into something else. And then it's like, it doesn't have to always be super, super accurate to exactly what you're feeling. A lot of times it's like, yeah, shit that you're feeling will obviously hit. But yeah, I don't know. Well, and for leaving in that one just kind of came out. I think way. it's like a projection tug of war, like especially if you're writing for somebody else too. You know, obviously the words that you're writing are based on their experiences, not your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though sometimes maybe you've got a lot going on in your life and it bleeds into the song. Absolutely. You're with somebody else, you know. Absolutely. Um, Pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show. If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking lion to subscribe. Now back to the show. Julia Gartha, are you ready for the question round? The question round. The question round. Yes, I am. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> the question round. The question round. You guys should do a whole interview with just me. I can't. I can't do this. I. Did, you've heard me talk. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Okay, so the first question is the random question. Mm-hmm. How would you like to spend your elder years? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a. I don't know if I should go into it or just go into it on a beach. Yeah, I want to be in the sun on a beach. Which beach? I don't know. American beach? I, I've never thought Grecian about that. Grecian beach? <laughs> I've never thought farther ahead than five years. What's Ita- what's beach in Italian? Spiaggia. Bitch. A spiaggia? A what? Spiaggia. One more time. Spiaggia. Spiaggia. Yeah, do you want do you want like like Malibu or a spiaggia? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Malibu. I, I, this is a terrible answer. I, I actually don't no, know. No, I think that that is that that is my mom's answer. I, yeah, I just my whole life I'm happiest by water. Yeah. Okay. So even even lakes, like I I would love to have. Okay, maybe okay, it's changing. Maybe a cottage in Muskoka. You know where mm. Muskoka Where's is. Muskoka? No. So Muskoka is a town about an hour and a half 
north of Toronto and it's like very rich, fancy cottage country place. Like a lot of celebrities will have their like Ooh. cottages there. Okay, interesting. And the, the, the lake is just so beautiful. So maybe cottage in Muskoka. What, my what, what about you? How do I want to? What's the question? Well, how do you want to spend your elder? How do I want to spend my elder years? Spajaja. No, Spajaja. Spajaja. <laughs> um, how do I want to spend my elder years? I think I just want to. I want to spend my elder years like learning all the random stuff that I feel like is useless to me now. Like I want to. I want to get really into Roman history. Like I want to. <laughs> I want to know a lot about geography. Like I want to know. Go like off. I want to read. I want to be one of those people who reads scientific papers on like quantum physics. Because I always have been kind of that person. But right now, it's just like, who's got the time? Like, I'm trying to make money. I'm right. trying to make money and make music right now. So when you have that free time, you when want I have to... that free time, when I'm retired, I want to just like get I really good, that. get really good at cooking and read a bunch of books. Okay. Fuck yeah. yeah. Okay. Where? Where? That's a really good question. Ideally, multiple places. You know what oh, I mean? Like, ideally, okay. just like I, I'm going to go to my house here for I'm gonna the weekend. I'm going to go to my house here yeah. for And then for, next for a... month, I'm going to go to the, my other yeah, house. Yeah, I'll be in Venice for three months and oh, yeah. then be in London for a little bit and then be in LA just to like catch up with old friends and play poker I'm with thinking, my old yeah, buddies. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> oh, you, bet, you better believe I'm still going to have a table at, uh, I, at 60. I, I, I would bet on very few things as hard as I would bet on that. <laughs> um, I love that. Uh, I'm, I'm counting on high speed rail to, to, to exist in our lifetimes. We just like get to New York and LA in like an hour. Yeah. You know, that'd be so nice. Um, no, I, actually I have a really, cl- I, I really want to live kind of like in the mountains or like in the woods sort of based on like any kind of interactions that that we need like you know that travels easier in the future and mm-hmm. and communications easier in the future and all that stuff like my grandparents live in the middle of Colorado like with a view of the mountains and it's and it's gorgeous i think i would want to be a little bit more close to trees not so much open space but mm. more like that you have like a vista like a nice view but like trees next to you my friend just posted a photo from like Oregon and it's like Mm. so beautiful over there so maybe something like oregon or um because that's the thing it's like i think i want to raise like you know a kid in in new york or la or like whatever but i think that like you know if i'm if i'm elderly uh you know and i have a have a partner um i would love to just like have a dog that like like a border collie who like loves hiking and it's like in the just I love that. in the woods somewhere. It's so peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I have that. like a, a really hard time with like background noise and uh I get woken up really easily mm. um in the city and in Boston and um even the suburbs. Like I honestly, you know, I mean maybe maybe if there's a, a loud lark, you know, my my, <laughs> my plans will be dashed, but you're, you're, there's gonna be a woodpecker. There's gonna be a woodpecker. You oh know? my god, watch. Yeah, you move all the way there and you're just like fuck. That was happening yeah. in LA. We were like, we kept we kept joking around in Boston because we had construction underneath our apartment in Boston, so we would be woken up to like the floors rattling. Um, and so we were like, when we move to LA, we move to LA, like the streets will be paved with gold, and there will be no construction. Uh, and then across the street from us, <laughs> there's been Surprise. there's been historically protected construction, which means that it's taken two years. What does that mean? Like the, it, the it building they that there was... They couldn't tear it down and put it back up. They had to like remove, like they had to Theseus's ship the thing. Oh, yeah. Where oh, they oh. had to leave certain things but take out other things like with, with precision. They had to leave like the facade and the windows and everything. So that's just taking a, or took a while, no? It's uh, still going on. Still going. Oh, it's still going on? <laughs> yeah. Still going. Dang, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. 
<laughs> That's all I have to say about that. This is a soft, sensitive topic. <laughs> That sounds lovely, though. Those, those are all very nice visions. Of I know. Our I want to I have a little cafe, too. Mm. Like, I, I want to play poker with my buddies. And I want to... I've been watching The Great British Bake Off for the first time. And, like, I just love all, like, the wholesome old folks who just, like, love making, like, cake. Just, like... Uh, like, maybe life, I'll get into baking. life yeah. slows down, Like, the thought of just life slowing down where, like, you get to pick how you want to fill your day because well, i i can't so nice i'm really bad it. at cooking and baking and stuff because i get distracted yeah really mm-hmm. easily and i just I, you know if i'm in an environment where i don't need to be checking my phone or i go off the grid you know whatever yeah. if i'm just like if i'm there and what i have to do like the only thing i have to do for the next hour and a half is like bake a cake that looks like freddie mercury there's these <laughs> wait 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 rewind rewind it's uh there's there, a challenge in the great british there, bake off there's this yeah. baking show though or like this something show called nailed it Have yes you seen yes where, yes where, when you when you said i want to make a cake like freddie mercury i just pictured like like a so, really like, bad yeah, one yeah. Like some of the cakes are like well, Je- Jess, really scary looking yeah. Jess really wants to sign me up for one of those like i i can't I can't cook shows. Oh, you should. It's uh, so... Really I love that show. And the host, what's her name? Nicole Byer or something? Oh, no, She's yeah. so funny. My dream, you by should. the way, is to be on some random ass game show. Like, I would mm. love to just like... Like, we have a friend who who's our, our dungeon master and he's a great folk artist. I'll show you his stuff. He's like, awesome. Um, oh, uh, for d and sex thing. <laughs> no, oh, stop. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what it's the means. opposite of a sex thing. It's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I've done. Yeah, our friend. He's a dungeon master. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a he's a dominatrix. <laughs> um, no, he's just like yeah, and he's a great songwriter and like a folk guy. And then randomly, he's like won three rounds of Jeopardy. Yeah, like he. Just, I love how random that is. He just has that. Wait, did he win a lot of money? Yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> like cool. yeah. Like you can, that's public info. It is public info, yeah. Because <laughs> he won the number. He won it on the show. I don't know what it is after taxes, but yeah. you know, you can figure out taxes. Yeah. Oh yeah, in Canada, if you win something, you don't have to pay any tax. But here, you have to pay fifty percent. So if you win the lotto, all the money's yours. If you what? win money on a show, it's all yours. In Canada? Yeah. Guess we're going on Canadian Jeopardy. Guess yeah. we're going on Canadian Jeopardy. Yeah. It's called sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, you didn't get that right. Sorry, sorry you didn't get that right. <laughs> Sorry, try again next time. It's just sorry with the exclamation point because Jeopardy's got the exclamation point. I love that. Sorry. Isn't, isn't that the board game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there is a There's game. There's a game called Sorry, yeah. Next question in the question round. What is your phone background? It's just, when last time I was in LA, it's like a picture of the, what is it? Oh, my God, I'm so stupid. The Getty Center. No, what's that big thing? The Gerfitz the Derby. The Gerfitz Derby. No, no, the other one. The Getty? The Getty Villa? No. Yeah. Can I see it? No, can I on see the it? 405. You can't see it when... The Getty Center on the 405. The big... Oh, guys, this is I've so never, embarrassing. I've never, I've never been there, but I think I know what you mean. The, the the graveyard? No. No, it's the Getty. It's the Getty, right? The Getty... Museum. The gas station? Oh, my God. It's like a... The Getty Museum. Yeah. That's what it's called, is right? It, is that the modern one or the one with all the Roman stuff? Modern. Because so there's two. And there's like a beautiful garden. Yeah, I think that's the Getty Museum. Yeah. Because there's the Getty Museum and the Getty Villa. Fuck. The Getty Villas near Malibu. The Getty so Villas not that Malibu. the not other that one. one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've I just never and I last time I was here, I took this picture and it's just really calm and peaceful. Yeah, that's very. So that's see. what my phone background is. That I was like that. so stressful. <laughs> Next question. Other than canoeing, um, <laughs> do you have any non-musical hobbies? 
I really like I like uh, uh, bike riding. Hmm. Wait, me too. I love like just I need to get a bike here actually. But I when I was living with my parents this past year, whenever I was just feeling down, I just grab my bike and just ride like hour, two hours. I try to bike for an hour or two a day. If, hey, if you get a bike out here, let's do a trail or something. I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I just like. I don't know. And there's there were so many nice trails by my parents' house where like, especially during fall, like I love that. And I love playing soccer. Mm. I want to get back into soccer. I want to join like a women's league here. Ooh. Like I used to I used to be Oh, we, we call obsessed. it football here. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> lies. <laughs> Liza Manelli, lies. <laughs> the great game. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I I was goalie for a while and I was what's it called? Striker, mm. striker. Oh, cool. I, yeah, so those two I'd, off the top of my head. Okay, very important question for you. Super important question. Probably yeah. the most important question on the podcast. Probably the most important question you'll ever be asked in your life. <laughs> Would you be a pirate? <laughs> yes. Nice. I would. Another one for Team Pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask... <laughs> What is that question? It was a oh, you're, not the allowed, you're, she's, you're not allowed I'm not to, allowed to know. It's just yeah. a yes or no. Yeah. They're, well, not allowed, they're not allowed to ask questions back to yeah, us. They're not allowed to ask questions. That's, oh, the question. oh, 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 That's not God. the question. Okay, right? yeah, we're I'd be a pirate. The we're asking here, the questions sorry, here. Sorry, 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 yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. We've actually never been asked that. Sixty plus episodes, and 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 and. I've heard you guys have asked that before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every yeah, yeah I've heard yeah. that, but I I just want to know like why is that a question? But if you, if there's no answer, I can't know. Oh, I totally respect too much that. of an answer. We, okay, gotcha. No, but it, it I think it brings up interesting questions about like moral alignment and like how you feel about like breaking the law if it's for <laughs> potentially a good cause, but even like existing outside of an established system. And like the potential to have to hurt people to achieve your goal, even if you don't want to. Oh, oh, wait. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna back it up here for a second. My, my friend, I love you so much. Uh, These, these questions uh, when we first started the podcast were a blend of like things that I kind of just like thought of and things that like I found on you know if you Google great questions to ask in an interview or like whatever. Like I just sort of like Reddit and Tumblr and whatever like compiled a bunch of questions and then we sort of culled through them and we've had a bunch of different questions over the podcast but like if the if the answers kind of sucked we would just kind of like consistently we would just sort of call them out so okay. these, are, these are the ones that have stayed and to <laughs> that end the pirate question despite being kind of fun and silly and I got to make a little fun little sound effect for it has always yielded an interesting answer because I think that historically with what what piracy was was a kind of revolution against established systems yeah and i think that being in music what's so interesting about our industry specifically is that there are plenty of people who like and benefit from established systems your labels your publishers all that stuff and and that in in some ways there's not a ton of moral wrong there or no more moral wrong than anything else in the 21st century. But on the other side, you know, there is the DIY space. There is the innovators or the, the people who are putting, who put in some of the harder work or don't necessarily get to be on the right side of advantage. Mm. Um, 
who who are a little bit more pirate. This isn't you explaining the question. This is just you just advocating for everyone to answer yes to this question as if that's the only valid. <laughs> no, answer no, to no, it. no. What, what I'm. What, I, I think I liked it. What I like about it is that I think it's interesting, and there's not a clear yes or no. No, answer. no. That's why it took me a second. But I think, yeah, this is a fucked question. <laughs> I think yeah, both. The, I think the, both the, answers the, are valid. The, this this right here. This is why you guys need to always keep this question. That's exactly. what I, I think it's yeah. always interesting. It's a. It's a fucking deep question it's a deep ass question and deep it's, ass question. it's very deceiving even though it's really funny yeah and it's just so fucking random it, it, everything <laughs> about it is just it's literally a perfect question well I and, think. It, and yeah. it's also mm-hmm. it's also about our understandings of pop culture yeah. you know like are are you thinking about like the murderous evil pirates of you know the pirates of the caribbean or yeah. are you thinking of like the historical pirates uh <laughs> who were more sort of based in like branding the PR like there's all kinds of layers to the question yeah. but but ult- but ultimately I actually and I, I will say this on the record I don't think there's a right answer to this question I joke to say that I love that like you know when we have somebody on team pirate but I think that a lot of it is about well, your comfort with discomfort yeah and I I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to do things we want in a lot of ways we want to do things by the book yeah out of um, everyone you ask majority of people want to yeah or, or yeah. Yeah. For the most well, part. For the always... most part, people are like, yeah, I'd be a pirate. And then we get into the nuance of it a little bit, but people tend to say yes. To it, but it cool. leans like 75, 25. Like yeah. if it was 100% one way or even 90% one way, I don't think we would keep the question. Mm. Yeah. I think it's exactly. the fact that when people do say they want to be a pirate, it is for the most interesting reasons. Yeah. They have a lot to do, again, with comfort and discomfort mm-hmm. and, and what we advocate for. You know, like what fights do we want to pick? Yeah. I think the difference between Noah and I, and one of the things I respect the most about our relationship is that I'm ready to pick a fight with everybody and yeah. Noah Noah is is ready to like let things let things go. <laughs> and and I think that there isn't a right answer to either. Right. Like I think that we help sort of balance out so that nobody takes advantage of us, but also that we're not like, like trying to burn bridges unnecessarily. Or burn down the house we're living in. Right. You know, totally. There's your answer. There's your answer. <laughs> Aren't you Holy glad you asked? Moly. <laughs> okay, now oh. I know. Now I know. Arr. 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 <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? If so, what was your first? No tattoos. Do you want one? I like the idea of like getting one one day, but yeah. I'm just I'm too indecisive. Yeah. That's like I feel that. like if I got one, whatever it would be, wherever the next, the next day, I'd be like, well. Should I have gotten it on the other leg? Or like, I just, I just, I just, it's too much. Someone with anxiety, it's just the idea of making a decision. No, I'd rather just, like, if I were to get a tat, I would want it to be meaningful. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I don't know what I would, like, my family's names, I don't need them on my foot or something. I don't know. Well, I forgot my family's names all, all the time. So I got to yeah, mem- oh, mem- pe- memento people, them. People yeah. who get it tatted, it's like, oh, yeah, right. My yeah, sister's yeah, yeah. name. Or, oh, yeah, she was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should get like SAT question answers <laughs> just see, so yeah. I always have them. That's smart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you take the SAT. <laughs> when you take the SAT again. Yeah, yeah exactly. I look, I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> when you take it. Yeah. They, they look, they're like, oh, yes, mom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the first concert you ever attended? Jonas Brothers. Hell yeah. Nice. That's a really good one. Was yeah. it a good show? It was great. I was in eighth grade and my sister was in ninth grade. And I think our parents got us the tickets for our birthday. Our birthdays are six days apart. She's nice. a year and six days older. So we, every year it's like, here's your present. Here's your present. Done. Right. And, <laughs> and we went to the concert and we had pretty shitty seats. And we were both like, okay, it's fine. And then for some reason, I don't remember why, but one of the ushers came and was like, 
I don't know if we were in someone else's seats or they had double booked the seats that we had gotten, but they were just like, come with us. And they took us to uh, the standing section. Oh, wow. And they were just like, are you guys cool with being here? And we're just like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, it, it was great. It was That's fun. Awesome. It was good. You should cover the year 3000. I'm just like imagining it. I think it would sound very good. I got slowed down. Yeah. yeah. A little piano, a little guitar, finger picked guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Can you recommend our listeners in listener land a movie, a book, and a TV show? Okay, movie. <laughs> I don't know why this came to my brain first, but my favorite movie of all time is Bend It Like Beckham. Nice. So <laughs> okay. I just think yeah. if you haven't seen of that. the soccer? Yeah, the soccer. <laughs> the soundtrack is just amazing. Right. Like I love, I love the whole soundtrack and the acting's fucking great i think the story is wonderful it's a gr- it's like a perfect movie so if you haven't seen that i would say i haven't seen that in that. years i kind of want to rewatch it now it's thank you for so reminding good. me about i watched it, like it i watched it last year when I, we were in quarantine and i was like this is such a good movie because some some movies from your childhood you think of them nicely and then when you watch them again as adults it's like not the same yeah that one was like better for right. some reason better. I, like that movie every time i try to like access that movie i just get scenes from she's the man <laughs> <laughs> the, the other soccer movie the other soccer there movie. was that kicking and screaming there were a bunch right, of soccer right. movies for a while that's fun um Holly- well, hollywood <laughs> yeah. if you can make it here <laughs> um book i forgot it at home uh, but I, I was reading what's it called the lovely bones which oh. people have read so it's like but so far, it Child was good. murder? Yes. <laughs> Isn't yeah, that, that yeah, was a good girl book. gets killed, right? Yes. I haven't okay. finished it, so I don't know what happens, but I need to get it. Oh. That, but she does so in far, the beginning. That's the, that, yeah, it starts off. The, she's yeah. dead, and she's like trying to work from yeah. you know, what happened. Okay. Oh, oh. Hands down, best TV show ever, Ozark. Oh, okay. Like, like I, I was telling you guys before, I'm not a big TV person. I like my reality TV and then I don't I just don't watch TV that much. But Ozark is like the best show I've ever seen. Like perfect. You have to watch it. Very cool. I've, yeah. It's been recommended many a time. My, it's uh, way better than Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's so good. My uh, watch for this week is Midnight Mass is finally out. I am oh, a huge that. fan of Mike Flanagan. He did like The Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. And he also did like Oculus and Doctor Sleep. Mm. Um, and I'm not a big fan of horror, but I love stylized horror. Like I love Jordan Peele's movies and um, I love Cabin in the Woods. Like I just love horror movies where, yes, like it's a little bit scary, but there is such a distinct like creative element to it. That's not just about like the gore or the the fears, but about like the the actual like themes. Do you like A Quiet Place? Did oh, like loved that? A Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't like A Quiet Place too. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, it was a good movie. It's Horace Briggs. It's a quiet place. It's a quiet place. <laughs> My sister um, was born deaf. She's deaf in both ears. Oh, whoa. So I'm, she was watching it and she she thoroughly enjoyed it. She was just like, dang. <laughs> like, Wait, I like, didn't know. I didn't know. So does she have Does she have an implant as well? Yeah, she, has, she has cochlear implants. Okay. So she had her first one when she turned six. She got her first implant. And then when she was 12, she got the other one on the other ear. When we were watching Bachelor, we were watching when Abigail came down and she was just like, we both were just like so happy that she was on TV Mm because it was just like, that's so refreshing to see like young girl, pretty much same situation, deaf in both ears. I think Abigail wears cochlears too. Yeah. Yeah. And just like super just, 
don't know. I mean, she's the best. I mean, she's she's, just like, she's great on Paradise now, too. She got first hand. Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. So, anyways, we were watching A Quiet Place and we were just like, dang. And I think the actress in Quiet Place, the young girl, is Is, Yeah, she is Daphne. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah. Well, I love, uh, what I think is really cool about A Quiet Place as a sound, from a sound designer's perspective, is like, obviously, there's so much sound you know emphasis in the movie like it's so fun to watch a a movie where sound is the consideration from pre-production like the the script they would write loud moments in like bigger letters so you really like saw on the page like Mm. when something got like louder or like i just thought that was such a cool yeah that's you know little thing of uh you know because i'm so used to getting a call from a director like there's five days until the movie needs to be delivered and they didn't realize they needed a sound designer. Dang. So to have like, you know, yeah. So to have like, you know, pre-production sound design like in mind is so, so special. That's dope. That's very cool. <laughs> I love that. All right. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? Go. I want iced coffee. Nice. Um, Clouds. Um, and I have a headache. Nice. Well, that'll do it. That was great. Which is why I want to. Why you want to ice coffee? That's literally the story of my life. Ice coffee. Are you headaches. a caffeine addict like like we are? Yes. We can we can make you some new wave coffee. Our sponsor for anti anxiety coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I need it, that. it is actually coffee that doesn't give you anxiety. It's really lovely. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll 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 catch myself being like. <gasps> Why is my chest so heavy? Why can't I like, breathe? I'm addicted like, to oh, I literally have not had one thing to eat and all I have is coffee today. Mm-hmm. Why like, am I like that? Why it's do I have a headache? It's like, oh, because you're severely headache? addicted to caffeine yeah. and it's 2 p.m. And, and you, you haven't, haven't had, had water. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to pretend I'm like, why do I feel like that? It's one of those days. <laughs> yeah. I was wearing my sweater backwards right. for half the day. You know, It is what it is. It looked good that way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I put on my first t-shirt. This is the first t-shirt I've worn in about three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I can't really put shirts on with the, with the arm. So what were you wearing before? But just like button downs. Oh, okay. Like I see what you're saying. Like, he was walking oh, around, see, he was okay, working yeah. around shirtless. Yeah. I've mostly been walking around shirtless like, because it's like cold? easier. <laughs> but like Dang. last night I was like, I really want to wear a t-shirt. My girlfriend helped me put this on. Oh and now, now I'm wearing a t-shirt and it feels great. I love that. Okay. Yes. That's, 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 how, that's how he wants to spend his elder years. Somebody else putting on a putting t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah, for real. Oh, man. Lastly, what are you looking forward to? are you looking forward to i am very excited for this fresh start i feel like i'm 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 blessed to be able to have like a second shot at moving back here got Mm -hmm. my visa i feel like a lot of people with the pandemic they had to move home and situations look different so i i'm excited that i got to come back and i'm starting over so i'm excited for the future i feel like i've changed a lot and grown in the last year so i'm just like excited to not know what's happening if that makes sense yeah you know just to kind of take things as they come well we are fans and it's so nice to come from from boston out here and that you're back here and finally on the podcast so we'll keep listening i'll keep calling after listening and crying (laughs) um this is just this has been awesome julia so uh, thank you so much for for being on the podcast thank you for having me this is awesome we'll talk to you soon Sun go, it fizzles.
captured in serendipity. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We would like to thank New Wave, The Truffleist, and Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.